0: Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 53 of Film Focus, where things are about to get a little crazy, because we are going to be having a spoiler-based discussion about Avengers Infinity War. Cue the music. I'm another North, South, East, and West, and welcome back to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, as usual, the Hyperson 55, and, uh, yeah, we're back to talk about some more Avengers Infinity War, but this is not spoiler-free territory anymore. This is the spoiler-based discussion. We're gonna just pour all of our thoughts and opinions into this film in a spoiler-based manner, so if you haven't seen the film, get out of here. And then, um, you know, come back when you've seen the film. Um, Or if you don't care about spoilers, you know, you can stick around too. But yeah, this is Spoiler-Based Terror Story, so once again, spoilers! Um, And once again, I'm having the most delightful man back on the podcast. You know him as Drew.
1: Hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, Doing good, ready to talk about these spoilers, finally.
0: Yes, I mean, this film is so hard to talk to, you know, talk about to certain people without, you know, just gushing into the spoiler-based territory, so that's what we're going to do. And ladies and gentlemen, this is not going to be a very structured, you know, episode. This is just about just talking about spoilers in a very uh, general manner, so we may hop about in different places here, there, and everywhere, but, you know, try and stick with us. This is going to be fun. Um, well, it will be fun for us at least. Hopefully, it'll be fun for you. Uh, all that being said, let's jump in. Um, Drew, like, where where do you want to start?
1: <laughs> oh, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> well, we can. So, in our in our spoiler-free one, we talked about a lot of the characters. Um, but one of the ones we didn't talk about was Bruce Banner or the Hulk. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'm kind of bring him up right now. I guess we'll start there. Um, so, obviously, Mark Ruffalo plays. Bruce Banner slash the Hulk, uh, and he did, and once again he does a very, very great job with it. Uh, but one of the things, so in the beginning, you know, in the opening scene, uh, we have the huge fight of Hulk and Thanos oh, upon, yes. on the Asgardian ship, which when when I first like like when the Thanos ship showed up at the end of Thor three, I'm like, this is going to be a fight, this is going to be worth watching, right? Uh, so you get to see that like right in the in the opening in the opening scene of the film, which was great. And, of course, uh, Hulk gets the shit beat out of him by Thanos, (laughs) who has a power stone. Um, But I think the best part about that thing, though, about that fight, is actually what happens after the fight. So it's not explained in the movie very well, but uh, so this is kind of like my theory here. Uh, But I think it's great how Hulk is afraid to come out of Banner. And I'm pretty sure it's because he's afraid of Thanos. Because he's never lost before, right? He's always supposed to be the strongest one there is and he loses, and he's just terrified to come back out, and I think that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I was thinking it was probably, uh, for me, um, because obviously there's that whole duality between, like, you know, uh, Bruce and the Hulk that's, you know, been depicted fairly well in the comics, and only to a slight degree in some of the films, and I feel like this is the first film that's really addressed that sort of um, relationship between them. Like, Hulk's never actually just said, no, I'm not actually coming out, um... So, to me, I thought, oh, yeah, this guy pretty much just got beat up by Thanos. I don't think he wants to come out and, you know, fight anyone again. So, I'm not surprised why he didn't come out. But it did lead to some really funny moments with Bruce trying to transform and he just wasn't getting it out.
1: Yeah, and- well, especially, like, when uh, uh, like when they first attack New York and, and, and Tony tells Banner to go into the Hulk. <laughs> and, he, and Kane's like come on, dude, you're embarrassing me here. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, like, embarrassing me from The Wizard or something like that. Like, like yeah, that's that what you said. That was, just was like, great. That was awesome. It's like, sorry, I can't. <laughs> it was good. Yeah,
0: and it was also surprising. Like, uh, obviously, in the market, we saw the Hulkbuster-rama, but to see Bruce in it, I was like, bloody hell, that was a yeah. surprise that was a nice as twist. well. Yeah, that um, And I love the bit where he's just running along and he just trips over and you see, (laughs) was it Okoye just looking at him, giving him the dirtiest look (laughs) as she she rides past him.
1: Very classic Marvel humour right there.
0: Yeah, it was good. I mean, I I really enjoyed... um, I also wondered how, like, Hulk would find his way back to Earth. So it was interesting how Heimdall was able to summon the powers of, like, you know, the the Bifrost Bifrost Mm -hmm. Bridge to be able to teleport him down there, doing his, like, final good deed before he got killed off, like... Poor guy.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do think, though, that there was kind of one thing in the trailers I didn't like, uh, was yeah. that they kind of showed him as Banner, like, in the first trailer, which, especially with that being so close after Thor 3, and how, oh, yeah, yeah. And how Banner made, such, like, such a big deal about, like, oh, if I transform again, I'm not going to be able to, to transform back into into Bruce. And then, like, weeks later, we see him as Bruce in the trailer, and I'm like, oh, come on, guys.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the timing of that could have, like, you know, just... It could have used a lot more time, like between, you know, was it the reveal of that? Um, But also, like, one of the other things that I liked about um, this, the introduction scene, was how Hulk was there straight away just to, uh, you know, try and dish out the damage. And he was doing pretty well, throwing all sorts of punches. And uh, he was doing well. Next thing you know, Thanos just came out of nowhere and just kicked his ass. And when he picked mm-hmm. him up and just dropped him like that, I was like, m- both me and my sister, who I watched it with, we were just like, "Bloody hell!" Like, <laughs> dude, just got owned. Uh, yeah. Then, like, bloody Heimdall, he got
1: stabbed, and bloody Loki. Um, dude, that man! <laughs> I, that's that's what I was talking about in the spoiler, spoiler-free review or podcast. Um, yeah. That, yeah, but I was like, they're not really gonna like, kill him, and then, he, they did. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, um, I. Like,
0: <laughs> there's no better way to put it
1: yeah like i I just i was staring at the screen like they did not just do that i mean ugh.
0: yeah and that just set the tone for the rest of the film i'm just like okay so these guys are serious now like yeah. thor is the last of the asgardians i guess now i mean unless um some of those well, guys
1: S- well sit i don't know if they're gonna do anything but but sif is out there somewhere
0: yeah that's they the just, thing they should yeah. didn't
1: have her in there because uh uh, her actress is busy uh, filming Blind Spot, so there's kind of a conflict of time for that one. I'm
0: just hoping that it might be a case that um, she's sort of like some of these other Marvel characters that sort of disappear, but like could make a comeback later on down the line. Um, S-
1: speaking of disappearing, though, Valkyrie is nowhere to be found, which is kind of weird. unless yeah, so... unless, unless she's unless she's assumed dead and all that. Yeah, which so that's cool what could be the case
0: that was one of the things that me and my sister were discussing as well because um it'd be more than likely that you'd see her face like against amongst the, like you know is it the dead or uh, something but then that would be you know a waste of the actress's time to be fair so maybe I don't know maybe did she survive were there any like people that got away or uh, who knows <laughs> yeah I'm
1: not sure what their plans with that are
0: but yeah uh I, I you know what I just need to say this now I need to get my big uh, reveal out of the way. The main surprise for me in this film was um when Gamora and Thanos went to that planet to you know get the uh, soul stone. And oh my gosh, firstly, I'm looking at this dude who's talking to them, who knows them by name, and he looks like <laughs> a bloody Dementor from the bloody Harry Potter films. I'm like, yeah. who the hell is this guy? And he revealed his face, and I'm like, oh my God, it's Red Skull. <laughs> they didn't forget him. I yeah. was I, I, was giddy. I literally was bouncing around in my seat for a few seconds because I literally had just watched like the first Avenger the other day. And I'm just like oh yeah look it's Red Skull that you know that guy that no one cares about anymore. He disappeared somewhere into space and No one knows what happened to him whether he's like you know somewhere in space or if he's dead and There he is he's like some sort of gatekeeper of the soul stone And he's just been there for like the last like what 80 years or something just chilling um, I guess gathering information and getting uglier. Oh my gosh. I was like Wow Red Skull of all people
1: I couldn't believe it, Drew. I was just... <laughs> I, it's just yeah. absurd. Yeah, well, like, I, I had I had a feeling it was him, like, when he first showed up, because I can't remember, I, I, didn't, I haven't looked up the cast list yet, but whoever they got to play the voice of Red Skull, actually, they might have been actually him in the costume, but whoever plays Red Skull this time, they did a very good job of sounding just like uh, Hugo Weaving. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I could tell... It was pretty easy to tell for me that uh, that was going to be the Red Skull. So I'm like, it's the Red Skull. It's the Red Skull. It's the Red Skull. And he pulls his thing down. I'm like, oh, it's the Red Skull! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was really cool to, to kind of see him him back and reveal kind of what happened to him. Because that was, that was one of the biggest things left open. Probably in any... Especially the Phase 1. But I'd say probably out of any of the... Marvel films before then, it's kind of like what happened to him because we just see him, you know, get teleported away, and that's and that's that. So, to, to kind of bring him back and kind of close that up was really cool,
0: yeah, that was really great. Um, and since that's sort of just around the time that, like, you know, we find out what's happening with uh Gamora and uh, Thanos, I want to just talk about those guys kind of briefly. Um, obviously, you know, it's been noted since you know Guardians 1. That, you know, Gamora was the daughter of Thanos, they have like a very noteworthy history. Um, and I didn't, I knew that they will probably go into that a little bit more, but to the degree that they did, and for it to be as, I guess, emotionally effective as it was, I was surprised. Um, was it the cutscene where you get to see like uh, the backstory of Gamora, how like you know, on a planet she was you know, taken away with Thanos, and um. How he actually does care for her, I thought. You know, was it when she's giving her speech? She was like, "Oh yeah, you don't care about anything. You've you failed." Then it's like, "Oh, criminally." because um, you know, in the comics, he's obsessed with death. So I was like, "They're not going to introduce death now, are they?" Because like you know, I could understand that he probably loved that lady more so than like you know his daughter potentially. But the fact that he actually did care and then sacrificed her for his quest for his goal which is crazy my sister was not pleased because <laughs> she does <laughs> like <laughs> she likes Gamora a lot and I was surprised but again I'm just like I'm I'm glad that they are you know at least committing to this idea that you know people have to die in order for like you know Thanos's grand plan of you know was it um equilibrium in the universe and taking certain people out in order for everything to be you know I guess right in his eyes to work out, that, that was just a surprising part for me.
1: Yeah, when she starts kind of saying that, like, "Oh, haha you, you've lost," and like, "Oh no, please don't," and then and then she grabs her and throws her off. I'm like, "Well, you did it." Uh, just yeah, like, I think that just t- to kind of go a little more broader on that, like, this movie definitely wasn't afraid to kind of kill off a lot of its characters. Like even before the final scene, where you know half of them just start kind of fading away. Um, even before that, like they like like starting with Loki and Heimdall. Yeah. Um. And who else got killed pretty early? I'm trying to remember right now. I've only seen it the one time too. Yeah. So far, <laughs> as of this recording. Yeah. I'm sure when this is released, I'll have seen it a couple more times. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So like they definitely definitely upped the game and, ma- and made these like shocking moments. Um. And so like I've heard this called like a game changer, and like, it's very true. Like there's very there's very clear change in, um, the, I don't know what's the word for it. Um, universe, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I don't know how, how long that's actually going to stick because I mean, are you familiar with the infinity war comic at all?
0: I'm aware of it in the broadest of strokes, but I am aware that like, you know, was it certain things that happened get undone later on?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. um, So pretty much, yeah. So at the end, or oh, not the end, but um, in, in the middle, it's sometime during the Infinity War comic. Yeah. You know, like, this happens where he, he actually succeeds in getting everything and, and, and eliminating half of the universe. Uh, but by the end, the heroes undo all of that. Um, so, like, I don't know if they're just going to in this, at the end of Avengers 4, if they're just going to undo, like, who who got faded away yeah or like if if they have that power to undo everything thanos has done why not go back and bring back some of these other characters like loki and gamora and like the rest of them like they can do that now with because they'll have the power of the infinity gauntlet so i mean yeah it makes for some impactful moments during the film especially like during your first watch but you know, after thinking about it a little bit, it's like this. A lot of these are probably gonna be undone unless they want to make. Unless, they, like I said, unless, unless the uh, the only thing that they undo is that uh, like the final snapping and fading of the characters.
0: Yeah, that's the thing because um, after I saw the film, I was like, you know, just left in shock. I'm like, good gravy! Look at all this madness that's taking place, but. If the heroes do find a way to succeed and undo this kind of stuff, what's to say that they're not gonna be able to bring everybody back? Like, you know, just mm-hmm. a standard Dragon Ball kind of way of just getting the Dragon <laughs> Balls together and like, Everyone that's died, can you bring him back please? Snap, everyone's back. Um Yeah. Now obviously certain characters you know will have to be back because they've you know, some of the actors have signed on for multiple films, so obviously Spider Man can't be gone because we know he's got a sequel coming out like I think next year and Guardians 3 has already been confirmed
1: as well so i don't think they'd do it without Gamora either um with Thor- well, they could and like, cuz they could have it like have them mourning gamora and trying to figure out what to do without her i would lo- I mean like it like in a way that iron man 3 kind of dealt with his ptsd after the avengers
0: i would love that but i'm just not sure that like um I'm not sure that Marvel would allow it, just because certain characters that they could have killed off or, you know, cut, I guess, their uh, film series at a certain point, they've just allowed it to go on, I guess because, you know, obviously it's so financially successful, you could just keep mm-hmm. these characters going for a little while longer because I've heard that, you know, the main reason why a lot of these characters have stuck around for so long is because, obviously, the fans really like them, but also it's, it's financial reasons as well, keeping these things afloat, so... um absolutely I would like there to be like because you know was it this is the most risk-taking that the Marvel films have taken so far you, you've you got like you know just unexpected deaths like you know ramifications and just pure chaos happening left right and center on top of all this sort of like I guess marvelisms that you come to expect with the MCU so far and I'm just it would be interesting if some of this stuff was permanent that you know some of this stuff couldn't be undone but we'll Mm -hmm. see. I mean, for me, I would like Loki to stay dead this time because he's come back from death twice already, especially this time with him actually being killed properly, but I guess we'll see.
1: Yeah, I I kind of, I mean, I I do agree with you on that, but I almost don't want him to leave just because he, he is my favorite villain from the MCU so far. Like, he's the only one who's actually, you know, has a Development to become to be called a good villain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I totally get um, that. Yeah. But at the the same time, I know that they haven't announced Thor four at all, and they probably won't, at least for a little while. So I mean, to have Loki be gone probably wouldn't impact a lot of the future films. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I mean, I do I do think that some of them should stay dead, or like even I think what they should do in Avengers four is kind of have somebody sacrifice himself in order to get the gauntlet to kind of work. Or something like that. Like I don't, I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but like, um, t- t- like have cl- like a clear, a clear thing happened that that makes the having the a, a sacrifice. Like have have a, have a sacrifice that's worthwhile to return everybody back. I don't know how they would do that, but I think that'd be a good way to go in Avengers four. Um,
0: yeah, no, that'd be pretty cool. I mean. Even though it's like the generic answers, but I feel like it'd have to come down to or like uh, Tony or Cap. Yeah, it'd have to be one of those two. Yeah. Which actually brings and... me to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I cut you off. Oh, oh, that, that's all I was. going to really. Well, that kind of brings me to like something that I, I read online. that kind of actually makes a lot of sense, and um. Yeah. That it, it, like, if you look at a lot of the heroes that that stayed, you know, like after um after the snap from Thanos. Yeah a lot of the characters if not all of them are all the phase one characters are the ones who stayed right so you have your tony cap thor uh bruce Actually, i should think that was it like those four guys uh is widow still around yeah, i widow. yeah i think so I and, think. and and then and, and we, and we haven't seen hawkeye yeah yeah so those are the those are the six like the first avengers yeah i noticed that right, as like, well but,
0: i was looking at it. i was like oh yeah. there's the og people now still
1: yeah and that's and so what they're going to what seems like they're going to do is they're going to have they're going to close out these well it'll be 11 next year but like this this huge overall overarching story that they've been telling for 10 to 11 years with this the original like the people that started the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I which after he, after I read that, I was like that's a fantastic way to close that out. Like these people started it, they're going to end it, they're going to and then they're going to pass on the torch because in phase 4, you know, like I said before like i don't know what's going to happen in phase four i don't know what they're going to do what can they do uh, that's the
0: thing it's just so there's so many random directions but even then it's just to even try and comprehend what those things could be it's just i got nothing
1: yeah again like i'm talking with the ending like this is like i knew i pretty much called like with with my buddy uh with because him, him and i talk about this stuff a lot um like I, I, pretty much called that. That's where this movie was gonna end with him snapping, like, winning and snapping his fingers and getting his his wish of eliminating half of the universe, and then that's where it would fade out. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so, but again, with that, like, I've in several of my reviews, um, like I, I'm not a huge fan of cliffhangers. Like even, even if it's like intentional. Well, I mean, obviously all cliffhangers are intentional, but like. I don't like a movie that isn't very self-contained. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, The Hunger Games: Catching Fire or Matrix Revolutions oh, yeah. or stuff like that, where it where like it ends like in a spot that's very clearly the third one's gonna start right here, or like I know this kind of blasphemy, but like even um, Empire Strikes Back, in a sense, yeah, um, it kind of ends on, on that cliffhanger and kind of very open and it was well done, but you know I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, however, in this one, uh, it, but but of course, with that one being Star Wars, I'm not. It's it's good and it it's uh, I don't not like it. um But with 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 uh Infinity War, like I think it actually kind. I don't mind it as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, mostly because well, for two reasons. One, I think it completes Thanos' story. So like like Thanos has his whole mission that he's got to get the Infinity Stones and eliminate half the universe and, and he, yeah. he does that and it, it, so his story arc for, for this film is done so it kind of ends on a nice clean note for Thanos which obviously is, is bad for the heroes but Thanos is such a huge part of the, of the movie It for him like this his part of the movie is over so I, I think that kind of in a sense it's not a cliffhanger for Thanos and the other is it, it kind of is a, end of a part one um, yeah because there's no way that they could have, you know, crammed everything in Avengers three and Avengers four into one film, so it's 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 kind of s- essentially split into two films anyway, kind of like say like Harry Potter um, and, the, and the and the Deathly Hallows or like the two Hunger Games uh, movies, like the, that's like the last two, or I, th- I think Twilight did it too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. where they split a split a movie into or split a book into two two films, which that's a little more okay with me um, than just like i said before like the other one just kind of been like oh cliffhanger where we're we gonna go now
0: yeah no i get that i mean for me i had a feeling that uh the film would end the way in which it did i just didn't know if they were gonna you know go that far with it but then when he snapped his fingers and everything sort of ended the way in which he said it would you know with him just uh you know looking out at the sunset sitting there with that smile on his face i was like my gosh they did it And when he was just sat down, I'm like, this is probably where the film's going to end, right? And then it went to black. I'm like, yep, that's a thing. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, I was just... uh, One of the other things I really liked was um, the creativity with the action sequences. Uh, Marvel have always been pretty good with this, but some of the stuff they were able to pull off was great. I really liked the... um, One of my favorite fights is the fight between... um, thanos along with um dr strange iron man spidey drax and uh, mantis the stuff that was going on there was just some of my favorite stuff i've seen in like films for ages so uh, i'm pretty sure there was that point where spider-man's like you know jumping in and out of like dr strange's portals and i swear he's like saying stuff like magic punch and magic kick and stuff um
1: <laughs> yeah he was uh, yeah that was awesome
0: and um that really cool bit where dr strange like uses his powers to like i guess do, like, the equivalent of, like, Naruto shadow clone Jutsu and, like, makes a whole load of himself, then, like, you know, it tries to, you know, restrain Thanos there for a few seconds, and that was pretty cool, or, um, was it when Thanos, like, I think got a whole load of dirt or something, and then threw it at Doctor Strange and he turned it into butterflies, I was like, whoa, what is going on? The amount of advanced techniques that, like, Doctor Strange was using during that was great, and,
1: oh, man, I was having the best time ever, (laughs) Yeah, that definitely was like one of my favorite scenes in the entire. Or yeah, scenes in the entire movie. Like just. Um, but just like in general, before like, because besides that one, like like this happened a couple of times. Like where the like these different heroes, with you know like these different powers, all were kind of worked together in the, in these fight scenes, and, uh, and it, and it worked really well just because it felt like it made the the fight scenes feel very very varied. Yeah. Yeah. So like. You know like in in all the like in the solo adventures like you know you, like you have the one hero with his one power set against the villain with his one power set and so the action sequences while they can be really cool all feel the same whereas this one it has several heroes with several powers doing several things and so it made each sequence feel unique and its own thing uh, which you aren't gonna find that very often
0: oh yeah and like um like you said, it was just the different types of powers and abilities, um, and how certain people complemented each other so well. Um, especially when you had, like, um, Okoye and Black Widow fighting against that one uh, Black Order female fighter in Wakanda. Like, the seeing those two together just seems like a natural fit, but to see them, like, you know, sort of bouncing off each other, someone going for an opening when the other person's sort of, like, you know, putting in their damage, I'm like, that is really cool. Um, and to also have like you know scarlet witch in the mix there sort of um highlights like you know these sort of like really cool uh female characters that we do have when they're allowed to like you know so just, sort of just bounce off each other and just show off their bad arsery.
1: yeah
0: oh yeah let's just talk about spidey a little bit more um <laughs> from the time he was introduced i was just like yes you know was it you get to see the uh spidey sense with their hairs on his arm and i just loved when he's um <laughs> said to ned oh yeah i need a distraction oh we're all gonna die
1: <laughs> and yeah I- i'm glad we finally got to saw- see the spider sense um because it's because i wasn't shown at all in homecoming yeah uh, yeah and so i know that that's kind of like uh, the- like i did a uh, podcast with darren on um talking stars and it's one thing that we kind of brought up was uh about that thing and he like he asked me about that like what i thought about like if that was going to be part of the suit or not and i was like i hope not because like spider 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 man spider sense is like is probably one like the most unique thing in his uh power set yeah um so to actually kind of finally see that and have that confirmed that yes he's got this spider sense as, as a huge spider man fan uh made me very happy
0: yeah, and um, just the time when he just showed up on the scene, you know, was it he helping Iron Man fight that dude with the massive axe. That was great. Uh, you know, just throwing out those quips while also just being very, um, you know, just animated and fun. Just whenever he was there, I just felt so much joy, especially when he, like, you know, sort of uh, infiltrated that ship and was there to try and help, like, you know, Dr. Strange out while they were fighting that weird dude with the teleconnect abilities. That guy... What a punk. I, I, he was such a pain in the ass from the time he showed up. I'm like, how are people going to defeat this guy? He's just a nuisance. So I was surprised when he was literally just um, dismissed in the vacuum of space and he didn't do anything to come back in. I was like, oh, so he's actually killed. I, I'm surprised. But I, I was happy to see the end of him. Um, mm-hmm. But I think was it the the scene with Peter that stuck out the most to me was like at the end when he started fading I felt so bad for the kid. It was like Mr. Stark. I don't want to go. The way he was holding him, I was like, I actually did want to. Like, I got a little choked up. I'm like, this is just. The, this is a guy really realizing that this is just the end of his life, and he's barely like, you know, is it even a, an adult? He's just in this crazy situation, and I'm like, this is the second time that Tom Holland has like really gotten me like as an actor. Just um in homecoming you know the um well spoilers for homecoming as well that scene when he gets <laughs> crushed by the uh the building and he's just like trying to pull himself out and he's just stuck there for a little while i'm like you can tell that he plays up the vulnerability of like you know it a young person so well and this is again like really highlighted in that scene i'm like god of all the people that you know i guess technically disappeared slash died that was the one that left the most impact for me
1: yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man so much, or well as Peter more specifically, because he does play that vulnerability very well. Uh, like but, like better than Garfield or uh, McGuire ever did. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, what else can be highlighted? Um, I... Like you said before, when you said um, Thor uh, interacting with the Guardians, um, my gosh, when when uh, Star Lord kept like trying to impersonate Thor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is your is your voice deeper? No, <laughs> it's always like, yeah. <laughs> like
1: that. or like how he's trying to one up him, like yeah, or like how he just. Like, like said, he lost his brother and all the Asgard. He's like, yeah, I, I lost my, I had to kill my dad too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, trying to one, trying to one up. It like, well, it's like, what's not competition or anything. <laughs> and then and that's where it kind of like rebutted and was like, yeah, my, my father also died or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like I had to kill my sister. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but mine was my father, so you know it's probably worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just, just the whole exchange between the two was just fantastic. Oh, that
0: was great. And um, their their little adventure towards um finding the dwarves to go back and forge him a new weapon that was like the um scene between rocket and him that was a really quiet and beautiful moment between those guys i'm like this is thor really opening up about the reality of his situation being like i guess like one of the last people of his kind he's lost essentially everything and he's there's not many moments where like thor's been allowed to like you know bear his soul in the way in which he did and like just seeing rocket's reaction to it i'm like you guys say that there is no like you know we'll say I guess serious you know more intimate dramatic moments in these films like what is this? Yeah. Um, but yeah when when they yeah. went to um, the uh place to you know forge Thor's new weapon I'm like, oh my god look it's Peter Dinklage and he's he's huge.
1: Yeah, my my buddy after the movie like he's like all right let's are we not going to talk about the fact how Peter Dinklage was the tallest person in that movie? Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> I saw him, I was like, oh my gosh, luxury!" it's like, um, it's my sister, I was like, oh look, it's, um, it's Tyrion, it's Mr. Dinklage, but he's super huge, this is so weird. And I liked how because um, I know that I knew of the Dwarves in like you know the uh, you know Thor mythology but I, I didn't expect to see them in this live action universe so to see them actually forging like you know Thor's new weapon was cool but I liked how Groot was the final touch as well um you know sacrificing his arm to help like you know put the hammer together
1: um and then seeing. Well, he didn't sacrifice his arm. Well, but yeah. yeah, I mean, like, well, at least, you
0: know, <laughs> just using his arm to, like, you know, as it be the final piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a nice little touch. But then seeing Thor come back in his original, like, you know, uh, chainmail uniform and then literally just throwing down with such force in Wakanda, that was friggin' mint. I was having the best time. I'm like, this is the God of Thunder. Dudes, he's.
1: Ever- oh, it was just delightful his entrance into wakanda it was like the highlight of that fight for me like we he just kind of like came down on the bifrost and just started throwing the hammer all over the place and then and then bruce was like oh you guys are so screwed now yeah yeah <laughs> like the, the whole sequence after that was uh just it was big and, and epic
0: oh that was just the most incredible feeling i mean the film, one of the things I really like about it is that there were so many, just like, heck yeah, like, you know, this was the coolest thing ever moments throughout the film. Um, I think one of the first moments of that was when um, Scarlet Witch and Vision are being chased by those uh, two people from the Black Order, and you're just like, oh crap, these guys are screwed. Next thing you know, it's, you know, Cap and his peep show up. And I'm like, oh yes, yes. <laughs> um, man there's just so many moments like that Uh, or you go to Wakanda and um, for me when I see like um, Mbaku and like you know the Jabari tribe as well like doing that cool little chant that they normally do I'm like oh this is great these guys are cool it's great to be with Wakanda again and like again it's cool how they took the musical themes from some of the other films and it was able to incorporate into this one it's just so much good stuff Everywhere and it's just meshed together, and I was um, just surprised again by like the weightiness of the drama in the film, especially towards the end when loads of people are literally just well, as Thanos is getting the stones, things are just getting worse. Tony got stabbed at one point, and I'm like, No, you're not gonna try and do this to me right now, are you? Film, you're not gonna try and kill my boy, which again. It would break my heart, but at the same time, I would be okay with it because it would be a death of significance. But um, yeah, it was just that. And as things went on, Scarlet, which she killed Vision essentially by destroying like the uh, stone. But I was like, okay, so I know this guy's gonna get it back, but how? And I totally forgot about the time stone. I was like, oh whoa, oh no, He's just returned but, he just reverse time, and just, <laughs> oh that was a mess.
1: You mean the sound that he just took five minutes before? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was a mess. I was just like, how did I forget about this? I'm such a donut. But um, just when it happened, I was like, oh, this is just a mess, man. You can't even destroy things without this guy just rewinding time and then just sorting it out that way. It's a mess.
1: Um, yeah, well, I guess to go along with that, Like, I'm kind of surprised that Peter Quill like was actually going to shoot Gamora. Um, like, that kind of, I, like, I kind of have expected him to kind of be like, no, I'm not going to do it, and throw his gun off to the gr- off to the side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that he's actually going to do it, like, kind of showed, like, how much he cared for Gamora, but then Bubbles just kind of came out, and it was kind of, like, the first time that we, like, we really saw, like, the power of the Reality Stone. I mean, like, yeah, we saw him, like, in nowhere, and kind of how he kind of had it look all normal, and then he kind of made it fade back to everything on fire. So we kind of saw, like, on a big scale of how it can, of how it can be, but then... To have like like when like said like when Peter Quill shot it and bubbles came out, kind of to see like even how like on a minor scale how much he can manipulate reality in that way. I just again like that was kind of one of those creative things that I thought of how Thanos actually used the stones.
0: Oh yeah, and um, again like with the bit where uh, Gamora was gonna try and stab herself and that thing just turned into bubbles as well. Like, oh. You can't even kill yourself, mate. It's no good. (laughs) And just seeing what Thanos did with some of the people as well, when he turned, like, you know, was it Drax into, like, I guess, it looked like marble and um, Mantis just turned it like, what, some sort of, I guess, the human equivalent of, like, I don't know, cheese strings or something, like, that was a mess. Mm -hmm. But it was cool that you got to see what, like, kind of ridiculous things he could do when he, you know, was on point with it. So, yeah, man.
1: Oh, yeah. I, honestly, I think it's probably like I, I know I said like a lot of favorite things I like about this film. But one of my favorites is this film did a fantastic job of showing like how powerful and how calculating Thanos really is. Like like in the beginning when he just beat the Hulk, like you don't beat the Hulk and he beat the Hulk. And then just every time he got a stone, he got more and more powerful. And it was very clear it was becoming more and more worse for the heroes. and like you you don't see that kind of development very much from a villain that way or like to make the the uh like a situation so desperate for the heroes like that's not something that happens very often which is why this film for me is just so great because it does something like yes okay i I can't say that no film has ever done that before because it's happened like empire for example yeah yeah but like our heroes are in such a corner and so very clearly outgunned that you just you want to see what's going to happen like how they're going to come back from this because you're like oh, holy crap like he's so powerful like he you know turned stuff into bubbles or butterflies or uh, he unwound mantis like that's really hard to fight when he can control literally anything he wants
0: yeah literally as the film like i think by the time he got to the third stone uh when he got the soul stone i was just like this is a mess they're like how, how no one's gonna beat him because there's like you said there's not many films that like properly illustrate like you know is it the overwhelming odds that the heroes have against like you know the bad guys but my gosh at this point i was just i was getting stressed too much tension in my body i was just like this is impossible and then when he gets the time stone i'm like okay yeah this is impossible this cannot be done um and I want you guys to succeed I really do but this is becoming like you know was it one of those um, oh yeah let's climb up a mountain bearing in mind it's f- like you know greased up with the oiliest of oils you, you just can't get up it you're gonna fall and break your neck um, <laughs> it was a mess and like by the end when everybody started disappearing and you're just left with a certain amount of people that were left behind I'm just like you could really feel at that point this the the pain of loss just surrounding the characters and everything that had gone gone on just in these films, I'm like, I felt like the air had been taken from my lungs, and I'm just like, well, fuck, <laughs> what, what, what can you what can you do? This is just a mess, yeah, just wow. <laughs> so, um, again, bearing in mind that some of these things could be un- uh, um was it undone in the sequel? Like just taking the film for what it is and what it was able to do, and do so well. I was just very happy with the way in which it turned out yeah me too um oh one other thing i wanted to mention was nebula actually i mm-hmm. knew she was going to be in the film but i didn't know in what capacity so when we found that she'd like you know was it being you know captured by a literally was just being ripped apart i'm like bloody hell this is probably just her life again except just in modern day because, you know, obviously she mentioned before in the past how Thanos basically just ripped her apart and, like, you know, just kept building her in a more machine-like manner but kept pulling her apart and putting her back together again. So I'm just like, this is like your childhood again except just, you know, now and it's just a mess. So to see her at least um, get put back together and then find a way to, you know, escape and get in contact with the other Guardians, that there was still a plan for her and she still had a moment to live especially towards the end that it was just her and tony left on the um on the planet i was like well i'm glad i mean your part was small yet significant it had like some notable elements so to see that you survived all of this i was at least happy with that so clearly you have like some more stuff to do in the sequel
1: yeah well in the comic uh for infinity war she actually has a huge part of defeating thanos like she's part of the reason why he actually gets defeated
0: oh okay I'll be interested to see if that, like, you know, comes to pass in, like, you know, the live action film or not. Oh, and um, one other small thing. When Gamora had, like, taken on Thanos and, like, you know, it pretty much just beat him up. And <laughs> you see the collector in, like, one of his little cages, like, oh, clapping, like, oh, yes, magnificent. <laughs> oh, that guy was gay, me. And you know? I'm like, oh, this seemed a little too easy. And next thing you know, you just see everything change. I'm like, oh, no. It was awful. Yeah, it
1: was. Well, like as soon as she, she like was very like cl- very clearly having the upper hand, and then she stabbed him. Like, oh, he has the stone already, and then kind of faded away. I'm like, yep, there it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh man, I felt so bad for that guy. Poor dude. You
1: can't catch a break. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, I think I I really liked the the first fight in New York, like when they first invaded. Oh yeah. Uh, and like, and the Black Order kind of came down and. Ma and uh, Cull Obsidian were, uh, were fighting Tony Strange, uh, Wong, and Bruce. Like, that fight in general kind of, just, like, that set the tone for kind of, like, how, how varied the fights were going to be, like how we talked about earlier. Uh, because we really kind of had, you know, Tony with his tech, uh, who's very science-based, fighting alongside Dr. Strange, who is very much Mystic-based. And to kind of have those two guys t- finally together and fighting as one uh i really like enjoyed that a lot and it's also kind of the first time when we saw hulk refuse to come out and the whole I, you're embarrassing me th- uh, thing happened <laughs> yeah uh, the,
0: the... yeah that, that that uh fight scene was very creative um i liked the way in which um you know you had this really big huge hulking guy mashing stuff and then the telekinesis technique the other dude just allowed for some really creative stuff with people having to, you know, think on their feet and, you know, pretty much, you know, uh, fight like they'd lie depending on it. Because, I mean, like, it's not like they haven't done it before in previous films, but these guys were clearly on another level. So um, you can see straight away that these guys, you can't mess with them because they're, they're going to screw you up. I and mean, I'm like, criminy. It was just some good stuff, especially when the uh, Cloak of Levitation came into play as well. And, you know, had to try and, you know, keep Strange alive while that guy was chasing after him. And then Spider-Man was trying to, like, you know, is it, uh, get in the fight as well. And I was so glad that the uh, suit also had the Iron Spider legs as well. I had yeah. I'd had a feeling they were going to be on the suit. But to see them as well, I'm like, this is the Iron Spider suit. There it is in all its glory, and I'm so happy.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was kind of, after seeing him in the Iron Spider suit on the trailer, I was kind of curious to how he got it, like, whether, you know, Stark just kind of gave it to him, or if you kind of, you know, because of the fighting happened, he, like, he gave it to him to, kind of be, like, a better fighter, or whatnot, so kind of, I, I like that he gave it to him, because, like, oh, this is going to help us, and we need this very clearly, so he just kind of gave, gave it to him in that way. So, yeah, I, like, the Iron Spider is probably, like, my, it's in my top three Spider-Man suits, probably, probably number three, um, but, so it's very cool to, to see the the legs and actually be the full-on Iron Spider outfit, but I I had that ruined for me because I get um uh, like there's a site called Sideshow Collectibles which sell like these um, awesome and awesome and detailed statues for these characters yeah. and so one of them was was for that and it was in the email and I saw it. I was like oh man I didn't want to see that oh. this way <laughs> like I'm glad that I, that it's there but I didn't want to I don't want this to be how I found out about it
0: yeah um i had one spoiler for myself as well i was on youtube and you know how you got the sort of recommended section of stuff you should look at i could just see in the corner of my eye there was one um video with the massive captions in the uh video loki dies in infinity world like what
1: no (laughs) so (laughs) oh you don't
0: put that as a title it was literally right there and i'm like okay in my in the back Uh, of my mind uh, i had a feeling that loki might die right but i was like mm -hmm. well if that comes to pass that might suck (laughs) but then it did i'm like damn you youtube i was so good and this is before the um main leaks had like come online about like um you know the spoilers for the film so i just saw that and i was like well crap that's that's a thing isn't it damn
1: (laughs) that sucks yeah actually before the Like, way back when Infinity War kind of all the information was first coming out, um, my, my, my buddy, who I usually go see all these with, um, was kind of talking about, or his, his theory was that, like, Loki was kind of going to, like, flop and kind of become one of Thanos' followers and, um, kind of be, but kind of be, like, a mole of sorts and kind of be the one to kind of, like, betray him and ultimately have him be defeated, um, so so in the comic is is a guy named Adam Warlock which was teased at the end of Guardians 2 so it was very clear that that he wasn't going to be into here so kind of have like Loki be the one to kind of fulfill Adam's role in the movie which I think would have been awesome and actually kind of great for his character I mean we probably would have seen him coming but kind of have him be this guy who's who's always flip flopping between the hero and the villain to kind of have him see become a villain again um, but kind of be like a Snape like character and kind of actually be like this mole Sorry for spoilers for Harry Potter if you never read it you know, <laughs> in the last 20 years. Um, um, but to, to have Loki kind of have, have that kind of a role in the movie, um, I think would have been really cool too. So to have, again, to have him kind of be killed off in the first 10 minutes, that's, that's part of the reason why that was also really su- surprising for me.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I am I think I'm pretty good now. I don't really have much to say. I guess maybe besides that uh, post credit scene, Cause uh, obviously when uh, Maria Hill and like Nick Fury are out in that city, and then uh, chaos starts happening, I'm like, so what is this before or after? And then when they start disappearing, I'm like, well damn. Okay, I've okay. I was like, okay, so Maria Hill's gone, so Nick Fury will still be around, right? And then do you see him start disappearing? I'm like, ah, oh, me. him too. Um, but as soon as I saw him like messing around with that, I guess transponder or communication device, I was like. I'm pretty sure I know exactly who this is.
1: And I was like, oh, there it is. It's Captain Marvel. Hello. Do you understand about like, about Captain Marvel at, at all?
0: Um, To a degree. I mean, I am, like, aware of her, like, you know, is it lineage and um, uh-huh. her connection mm-hmm. to sword and stuff like that. So I've done a bit of research it.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's when when I saw that happen, I definitely lost it. Because Captain Marvel uh, is one of my favorite right now she, she's one of my favorite characters in the marvel comics and she's probably actually one of my favorite female superheroes um especially when she first kind of took on the mantle of captain marvel c- because she was known as miss marvel for a while yeah and yeah. then only a couple of years ago she became captain marvel but she was written by a, a, an author named kelly sue DeConnick, oh and and, and 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 so yeah and so she wrote her for a couple of years and uh, some of Taconic's stories that she wrote of, of Captain Marvel, um, also known as Carol Danvers, that's her real name, yeah, yeah, uh, is like some of the best, um, especially around that time. So I highly recommend checking that out. But uh, yeah, when when I saw that like her her symbol show up on that transponder, I I I lost it. I was like yes,
0: yeah, because uh, I'm curious to see how they're gonna depict her power set in these uh, films as well. Because um, the most I've seen from her is in um, the first marvel alliance game and the um Uh avengers cartoon from like uh 2010 um so that's where i I know the majority of my knowledge about it from but i'm also curious since this is set in the 90s and they're bringing back so many of the established cast from you know the previous films how they're all going to tie into this as well and i'm also just hyped to see colson in a film for the first time in (laughs) like forever because um as much as i like shield even though i'm not currently watching the like later season just because time is just an issue to try and watch everything at the same time these days but yeah just to see a younger Nick fury um see a Colson again and um I think they said even uh, haley Atwell's back as Peggy Carter except just like slightly older at this period as well I'm just curious to see how these events you know tie into the larger cinematic universe and where this leaves you know was it you know cowl after the events of this film because you know, if she's supposedly the first sort of major superhero that, like, you know, is known to some of these people, then where does she disappear to for like how many years? I guess she must be in deep space yeah. or something.
1: Well, my theory for that is that she's um, so, so like you know of Shield, yeah. right? But there's also an uh an organization called Sword. Oh yeah, uh, which which is more based on like pr- protecting the Earth from ex- ex- extraterrestrial threats. Um, and actually, it's actually mentioned in a alternate ending for uh, the first Thor movie. Oh, right, yeah, um, yeah. So I was kind of disappointed that actually after watching that, I was like, "Oh, they should have included that in there." Um, but my theory is that she was is a part of Sword and on and on whatever um, space is probably orbiting the Earth for Sword.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, it's March next year, so we don't have to wait too long for that one. I just want to see how powerful she is because they've been saying that she's like, you know, is it super powerful? She might be the most powerful person in the MCU so far. And I'm like, ooh, that's pretty cool. I'm only like curious now because the the Kree and the Skrull are going to be in this film. And I really, everyone's talking about, oh yeah, secret invasion, secret invasion. And I'm like, the only issue I have with that is that, you know, some of these characters, you know, long term wise we've become established too and i pray that we don't get some sort of cliffhanger that shows that one of them's been a scroll for how many years that would break my soul (laughs) i can't deal with that
1: that would be amazing i never even thought about that before
0: i mean it would be dude it'd be so cool but at the same time i'd be like but that entire life was
1: a (laughs) lie that would be great
0: yeah, because um, they did a similar um, adaptation of that in the um, second season, I think, of uh, Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that cartoon I was just talking about. Where I think mm-hmm. at the end of the first season, you found out like the uh, that Captain America got replaced by a scroll. and I was like, "Oh, criminy!" So there was at least I think I two I ever... other, a few other people that were revealed to be scrolls as the series went on. But I was just like, "Damn!" If they did that in the MCU, like, wow! I don't
1: know if I ever finished watching that. I th- I know I started season one. But I
0: remember. It's um literally like it's literally like pretty good. I mean, the art style, like, you know, is I guess not as comprehensive as some of the stuff that D C do, but in terms of the storylines there's some really good stuff. It's literally the like mm-hmm. part of that last era of good Marvel cartoons before they all came under the Marvel Disney banner and became, you know, kinda of pants.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I I watched um I think almost all of Ultimate Spider Man and uh most of the hulks se- like the the agents of smash, oh yeah I, th- I think i I ended on whatever season where they where they they end the season on planet Hulk on uh, you know on Sakaar. yeah, and I think that's that's where I stopped watching that one
0: mm okay
1: yeah yeah, yeah i think uh I think I said everything I had to for infinity war,
0: yeah, I think i'm I think I'm pretty good too I think we've covered a fair amount, so um yeah, I mean, I guess that's the end of the spoiler based discussion, ladies and gentlemen. If you have, you know, uh, stuff to say about the film, just be sure to drop it in the comment section below. What's your favorite scenes? Um, what do you like? What do you dislike? Do you feel like there were certain characters that were shortchanged? Some people that you want to see more of? Uh, did you like the ending? Do you feel like it's, you know, too much of a cliffhanger? Like, wherever, like, you know, your thoughts are, like, you know, drop them in the comment section below or holler at us on Twitter where I am hyper 55 or at film focus55 or holler at me on. The email address, thehypisode555 at gmail.com. Or you can holler at Drew. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh,
1: so I can be found on my blog, Drew's Movie Reviews, at drewreviewmovies.wordpress.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Drew to the Future, or uh, follow me on Facebook at Drew's Movie Reviews.
0: And yeah, that'll do it for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening as always. And until the next time, this is The Hypersonic 55 and Drew signing out. Thank you.